0: I've struggled my whole life with wanting to hold on to money. And really, I didn't start to see real abundance in my life until I started to see that money is not something you can hold on to. It's something that, can flow th- that, sh- that appropriately flows through you, and you enrich everyone around you. And when you start to see money that way is when you really start to make a change in your life.
1: Welcome to Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's guide to U.S. real estate, a podcast for international investors and real estate entrepreneurs looking to break into the U.S. market. I have two words for you. Freedom number. What is it? Well, my guest today will explain the theory behind a freedom number and a lot more. But first, you know the drill. G'day, g'day, guys, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's guide to U.S. real estate, the number one podcast geared towards helping international investors break into the U.S. market and start buying cash-flowing deals. From Los Angeles, I'm Reid Goosens. Good, as always, to have you with us on the show. Now, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your day to tune in to continue to grow your real estate investing knowledge, is because that's what we're all about here on this show, Growing Your Financial IQ. Alright, enough out of me, let's get my guest out here and get cracking into today's show. On this show, we talk to a lot about successful real estate entrepreneurs who have escaped the rat race to become full-time investors, and I've interviewed some incredible people and some incredible industry leaders. But today, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the exact dollar figure you need to escape the rat race. And the gentleman in the hottest seat in town to explain the freedom number is Clayton Morris. G'day, Clayton. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me,
0: Reid. Great to be here.
1: So guys, Clayton has a pretty awesome background. Uh, besides being a real estate entrepreneur and an investor, he is also a news anchor on America's number one morning show, Fox and Friends. He is the president of Morris Invest, which helps people build passive income and true legacy wealth. And to top it all off, Clayton has his own podcast called Investing in Real Estate, which has a laser focus on buy and hold rental properties. So Clayton, you have a, such a very interesting background. Tell us a little Bit more about your D in in detail about how you got involved in real estate
0: investing. You've gone from a TV host to a real estate investor. That's pretty awesome. Right. I mean, I've moved all over the country in in television. You know, it's not very glamorous when you're first starting out. And so you really have to you know, live off of ramen noodles and, and not make a lot of money. And <laughs> I lived all over the country in California. I started and moved to Montana as a political reporter, then West Virginia, then Virginia, then Ohio, then Florida. And all along, you know, I was renting, right? And I would see the value of, of people making money off of rental properties and, sure. and creating passive income and I can remember one particular time I was in Montana, I was renting this old Victorian house, the bottom part of it, right near the Capitol building. Uh, that was where my job was. I had to cover the governor. So I would drive like four blocks to work, and so it seemed like a good rental. And uh, the upstairs was never was actually never rented because uh, we had a pretty harsh winter. but the owners lived three hours away in Missoula, Montana. Mm-hmm. And so I remember one time I actually had to drop the rent off to them because I was driving through through Missoula for a story and You know, they were there playing in their yard with, like, their little girl, a little boy, and beautiful little house. And I just thought, okay, they've got this rental property three hours away. They don't ever see it. They don't ever check on it. And yet it's producing passive income. And here I am as a tenant driving to their house dropping off rent because I was passing through town, you know. So, you know, some, some light bulbs went off for me at, at that moment. But, you know, just living all across the country and then and diving into real estate and really my, one of my first deals that I did was in Florida when I lived there. I lived in a one-bedroom condo and, and the woman next door had passed away and she was there for 30 years and smoked heavily and, and uh, it was my first real entrance into off-market real estate. Word sort of spread through the condo complex that her family, because of the amount of work it needed, you know, tobacco on the walls. I mean, it was really a lot of work that they want. They didn't want to deal with a realtor. They didn't want to try to put it on the open market and have people have, you know, need concessions and get it all fixed up. Right. So I approached the family and said, "I here's my offer. They agreed. We accepted. Um, and I was able to buy it. Two bedroom condo started doing it myself, fixing it up. I was in there every night after work, putting drywall and spackling and, <laughs> you know, putting in new appliances and got new carpet put in and had a Paint the cabinets 30 times to you know prime them, paint them to get all the tobacco off. It was, and uh, sold it for a nice profit. But so that was really my first entrance into that, and realizing that the power of off-market properties bring value to it, uh, either sell it or rent it out. Right, interesting. That's uh,
1: I love how you just stumbled into it, and a lot of people do just stumble into real estate. And I guess from your background, traveling around the country, as you said. Probably going to some pretty uh, remote places by the sounds of it. Um, Real estate was cheap out there in Montana?
0: Relatively cheap, you know. It depends on where you are, uh, relative to you know California or New York or something like that. Obviously, there's a lot of celebrities that live in places like uh, you know outside of Bozeman. They've got you know million dollar estates and you know mountain homes and beautiful, beautiful cabins and things like that. But you know, relatively speaking, I know some investors who do you know rehabs and rentals and and do, even do wholesale investing up in Montana and do really well because there's not a ton of competition and. You know, there's like three players in town and they all kind of know each other. And so, you know, everything's relative, right? You can crush it if you if you have the right systems in place, in a place like San Diego, or you can go to Montana and crush it. It really right. depends. Exactly,
1: exactly. So Clayton, I have a lot of people on this show, you know, educating my audience about, you know, the benefits of buying cash flowing, US properties, and we talk a lot about their successes in real estate. But one thing we tend to brush over is, you know, the amount of money you need to essentially escape the rat race, you know, to... to what is it? What is that number that comes in every month to say, "Okay, I'm I'm good now. I don't need to. Um, I don't need my day job anymore." And you know, before offline, we spoke a little bit about your freedom number. So, do you want right. to start at the beginning
0: and give us just the lowdown, the you know, A to Z of what is a freedom number? First, and I'll i kind of step back from it because sure. because the the freedom number, and I can go through some of the steps. And don't worry, I, I have like a free PDF that people, if they're listening to this, driving or something. Uh, it's you can download it and walk through it step by step it's like three pages it's totally free just sit down with your wife or your husband and over a, open up a glass of wine and figure this out but i want to step back before we kind of go into some of the steps and the mechanics of it the, you know i grew up with a really limiting a lot of limiting beliefs around money right um, i bet a, i bet a lot of your audience does too or has in their past we all do right <laughs> right i mean you know this money's the root of all evil you know money doesn't grow on trees we can't afford that so it's very important how we talk to our children about money. I, I, I've struggled my whole life with wanting to hold on to money, and really, I didn't start to see real abundance in my life until I started to see that money is not something you can hold on to. It's something that can float th- that sh- that appropriately flows through you, um, and you enrich everyone around you. And when you start to see money that way, is when you really start to make a change in your life. So I come from this place of limiting beliefs around money and. F- Fearing money, to be honest with you, real fear about it. And I still hear it in my mom's voice, you know, when she'll come to visit. I'm like, well, we were going to do that, but, we, you know, well, we couldn't afford that. Or, you know, well, we we're going to do this. Or, you know, we can only stay for three days instead of four because, you know, that's just, that's, you know, your father and I just can't. So that's still there. You know, and I hear it, I kind of cringe from it, but I've now built up an immunity to it. It took me a long, long time to do that, to build up this immunity to it. And now to make sure that I don't speak that way to my children. That I want them to understand money, not be spoiled by it, to really understand the value of it, but also to not be fearful of it. And so for me, one night the Freedom Member came about, my wife and I sitting in my my home office and there was enough, there wasn't enough month left at the end of, or there wasn't enough money left at the end of the month, you know? And I was making a great salary in television, and yet I was like, where is our money going? Why are we like literally struggling to pay our mortgages? I don't get it. Like, what's happening here? And she said, well, we've got these expenses, this expense, you know, school expense, this, this, and this. And and I said, wait a second. And we had already, you know, we had owned like one or two rental properties at this point. And I said, and I got up and like a bolt of lightning, I said, and on my whiteboard, I said, what if, what would that magic number be where if we reverse engineered our expenses every month, how many rental properties would I need to have in order to be financially free, in order to create true financial freedom in my life? And I just called it my freedom number. I said, what? And I just looked at my wife. I said, what is our freedom number? And that's kind of how it snowballed. And, you know, I've sort of, not that that's an original phrase, but it's sort of, you know, become my thing. I've really sort of, you know, cornered that phrase on the freedom number. And what I did was on that whiteboard that night, we we mapped out our monthly expenses. And we knew that we, you know, this was our monthly expense. And if we were bringing in $700 a month from the single family homes that I rehab and renovate and rent out, That well, that ends up being like that ended up being like seventeen properties or something like that. And I said, That's it. Most people, you know, think that they need to be a millionaire. So I start with that premise in the freedom cheat sheet, which is we don't need to be millionaires. Most people are like, you, you know, you ask your friends, well, what do you want? Well, I want to be a millionaire. Why? Yeah. Why do you want to be a millionaire? Because they think that
1: being a millionaire is just like, you know, well, that's gonna get me to, you know, go sit on the beach and drink pina coladas and not have to worry about my my finances ever again right right but it
0: really when you break it down when you think about what is true financial freedom this is why i get so many emails from people after they go through the cheat sheet they're like you know this is a game changer i never saw it in these terms and i always send these to my wife and i share them with my wife because i become this is what it's all about to me i want to help people overcome these limiting beliefs around it and i get so excited about it because you don't need to be a millionaire if your monthly expenses are $10,000, then when you reverse engineer, you, know, you don't, it ends up being like a, a few properties that you need to get. You don't need to have a million dollars. You may only need like 210000 and that would literally cover all of your monthly expenses, even with padding added in for trips and vacations, that sort of thing. And you wouldn't ever have to worry about anything again. Your rental properties, your rental investments and cash flow are covering everything that you stress out about at the end of the month.
1: Right, right, right. And I love what you talked about, about getting the mindset right and understanding the finance, what is financial freedom? Because as you said, people get miss they sort of miss the target. They're thinking, oh, I just need a ton of money. And if I have a ton of money, but I don't know where it's coming from and what it's supposed to do, then that means that I'm going to be rich. And that means that I can do X, Y, Z, I can afford that car, I can blah, blah, blah. But breaking it down by the sounds of it is just a way in which you can show people, illustrate to people that it's easier to be achieved than they think, Right.
0: Right. It's incredibly simple. And I can even just go through a few of the sure. steps here Let's do for it. your audience. And like I said, you can just download it. Um, we can link it up in your, your show notes or whatever. or just It's yep. just at, Clay, at ClaytonMorris.com slash freedom if anyone wants to download it so you can go through it. But I'll kind of break it down while you're driving so you don't have to go mad listening to numbers <laughs> here. I'll give you the real layman's version. But really, step one is simple. Open up your bank accounts, okay? And then I want you to look over the last six months of your expenses. Now, expenses are what it takes to run your family every month. So, don't and don't hide things. You need to be honest with yourself. So, this might be your electric bill, cable bill, groceries, gas, Netflix subscription, you know, all of those things. Print out your statements and take the average of 6 months. Now, I want you to skip the holidays because, you know, that that's going to throw everything out of whack buying presents for people. Skip the holidays in your 6-month formula. Now, I want to take those 6 months worth of expenses. I want you to find the average of those months. So let's just say for the sake of argument, it's forty five hundred dollars a month. Those are your total monthly expenses. Now I want you to pad it a little bit. I like to pad it a little bit, just like you know, about 10%. So that's some extra walking around money maybe for a trip, you know. So let's round it up now from forty five hundred, let's round it up to five thousand. So five thousand a month, that's your monthly number. That's our freedom number is for example, five thousand dollars. So if we had an additional five grand a month coming into our house, we'd have everything covered. Everything. So next step is the fun part. I love this part because this is the part where we figure out how many rental properties it would take to cover that five thousand. So for me, you know, you know, Reed, you and I have talked about the types of properties that I do. Um, and this is different for everyone, but these are the properties that I do in the Midwest, you know, between six and nine hundred dollars a month in rent. 3 bedroom 1 baths. typically. I do single families. I know you do massive, you know, <laughs> hundreds of units. Um, makes my operation look small. <laughs> no, uh, not at all. Each of these houses uh, costs roughly, you know, between 29 and 40,000 after they've been rehabbed. So for the sake of argument, let's take an easy rental average of $700 per month. And I like to be super conservative in my numbers. So I take $700 a month, and I want to take out 40% for vacancy repairs and expenses. You know, So 700 times 0.6 gives me 420. That's a worst-case scenario, right? Like that's if the house is vacant, we have some repairs, we've got – so 420 a month. Step four, and this is the final step, it's our magic moment here really to find the freedom number. We now simply take those expenses of 5,000, and you divide it by 420. You're going to get about 11 Point 0.9 let's round that up that's 12 that's 12 rental houses that would cover everything that even includes that 10 percent padding for taking a trip or birthday parties or even some holiday spending that's it and then you're done it's a really really simple formula and i think when you go through it you're going to be shocked i don't need a million <laughs> i only need five thousand a month that's nothing.
1: And then, how does that relate to the property prices that you just mentioned? You you buy between what twenty and fifty thousand dollars,
0: right? I mean, you know, the, the, I'm using my formula, my average of the properties I buy, right, sure. and that my company rehabs. And these are the properties that are in my personal portfolio that my wife and I might buy. We you know we try to pick up a few per month. Um, so our goal with our return on investment is always, you know, like a t- between like ten and twelve percent ROI. And we're in that wheelhouse of about 40,000, is roughly the cost of uh, one of our properties after we've rehabbed it. You know, all, our all in cost is like 40,000, 45,000 after we've put fifteen or 20,000 into the property. So that's kind of our average number. And then, of course, now if you're buying it in Atlanta or something like that, you know, the average cost of a single family there might be 110, 120. Um, you know I'm in certain midwest cities so mine around 40 but maybe if you go to like Kansas City you'll be spending 70 or 80 for the same house um, Florida might be 150 so you just need to know you know where you are in your investing strategy and what parts of the country but that's that's what I like to buy that's my bread and butter
1: no that's that makes a lot of sense and it's just about it's the process of going through those finances and educating yourself and really what you're spending and and you know that's what we're all about on this show is Financial IQ and people, when it's broken down into steps, as simple as what you've just explained, people then really get to the, the, the aha moment. Oh, I get it. I get that I need 5000 or I need 6000 or I need $10,000 a month. And that will equate to whatever amount of properties it, are, it is. And so, Clayton, tell us a little bit more about, you know, uh, how you like to, you, you said 40% in your your expense ratio. People, there's obviously two steps. There's um, there's understanding the, the the financial freedom number, right? There's a, okay, I need 12 properties, but how do I go out and find 12 properties? Where do I start looking for, to find 12, $40,000 properties?
0: Well, I mean, a couple of ways, right? One is literally like how I've done it, you know, You could start with like a company like yourself, right? If you don't want to actually go out and find the properties, you could actually invest with a great group like yourself, right? Right. Um, Or my company, like what Morris Invest does, that's what we do. We have doctors and lawyers and players in the NFL who are super busy and who we take care of everything and get them that great return and handle everything. That's one way, right? That's an obvious first step. The second step is you could do it like I did it when I first started, which is literally talk to people. Find an off-market property from someone that you know is selling in your neighborhood. Maybe there's a sign that says for sale by owner. Or you go on Craigslist. Um, Those were some of my first deals that I did. Um, You know, I I have a podcast episode where I call you know, the best properties are not in your backyard. I think that, you know, because really the tendency I think for most people is, hey, honey, I'm really into real estate. Let's on Saturday drive around and meet with a realtor and try to buy an investment property here in San Francisco. Right, right. Well, good luck. Okay, good luck. (laughs) The numbers are going to be way out of whack. Your ROI is probably going to be terrible, but that's where most people start. It's natural. It's understandable. But Craigslist It's a great way. Zero in on the markets that you want to invest in and make phone calls. Find people who are willing to sell properties with seller financing. This is a powerful tool for people to get started. If you want to do it yourself and you don't want to rely on a team, great. Then you can do it yourself. It's just a lot more work. You can absolutely do it yourself, right? You can make phone calls. Get on the phone. Have follow-up systems in place. It's so important. Use something like Evernote. So get on the phone. Call people that are in their for sale by owner section on Craigslist. Find houses that might have that, you know, might need that they're interested in doing seller financing on. Um, They maybe already have tenants in place, but you know what? They're tired landlord and they just want to get out. But you know what? They realize that paying capital gains is going to eat them alive. So yes, they are willing to do seller financing because it's going to benefit them and you. Great. Make those phone calls. Use something like Evernote where you can then follow up with them. You get their voicemail. Well, are you done? Are you going to go put your tail between your legs? Or are you going to set a little alarm clock reminder in Evernote to call them back tomorrow? And then if you don't get them again, are you going to call them on Thursday and then Friday and then Saturday until you get that person on the phone? Really, the deals come from your, your, your follow-ups and your systems and making sure that you're actually getting on the phone doing deals. But I got to tell you, the people that sit in internet forums and sit there and complain or, or are negative Or literally, almost all of them have never done a deal, or they're looking. They're trying to talk themselves out of ever doing a deal by sort of being in this. You know, it's like gossip in the office, right? Where where all the gossip breeds more gossip, and so people like to kind of hang around and just kind of trash talk other people. I hate that. I run away from it. And those are the people that you find just hanging out in internet forums trying to not do work, not get on the phone, call Craigslist, drive by, talk to for sale by owners, and start making investments, start making offers. If you sit behind a computer, you're never going to get any work done. Right,
1: right, right. No, I think you've covered some incredible points there. And we, you, you touched on very briefly some, some very deep topics that I'm sure we could spend hours and hours talking about. But in terms of how you bring people into the game, because I know you'd be dealing with an investor who likes the idea of owning, you know, maybe a handful of small properties. So walk me through, I come to you, Clayton, and say, hey, Clayton, look, I've never touched an investment property before. I've got no idea. I've got my freedom number sorted, but then what's the next step? Like I want to work with you. I want to see what you're doing and, and I want to get involved in some deals, but you know, I don't want to have to call Craigslist and, you know, run around and find people and because I'm a busy person, right? So, so right. Ha- how does that step work?
0: Well, with our, and, you know, with our group at Morris Invest, we try to, I, I built the company for my wife and I. Mm-hmm. And so I never built it with the thought of having 100 investors or 500 investors. I built it as, a, as an operation that catered to that sort of personal touch. That's how I built it. So what you would do is you would just literally come to our website and click on book a call. And we get on the phone with you. And I want to, we want to talk to you. So i get on for like 30 minutes. And exactly that, I want to hear what your freedom number is. I want you to tell me, hey, Clayton, you know, we went through it last night. My wife and I over a glass of wine. Our freedom number is 11 like 11. that's fantastic, you know, or 15. or I love hearing the different numbers, right? It always kind of fits in that 15 to 20 average for most people, right? And I love hearing that. and that really gives us a frame of reference where where you want to take your investing journey. And then we literally, if you're ready and you have cash on hand or you have some you know you maybe you need financing or, or whatever it is i mean most of our properties in that 50 range you're not going to be able to get like traditional financing so maybe you've got hard money you're using a home equity line of credit maybe you've got a 401k that you can borrow from maybe you do have cash on hand that you're looking to make a great return we literally i check with our operations manager in the office find out what properties we have available that we just got in they usually sell very fast so we'll send them a property if they say great hold it for me and then Our team takes care of the rest. You know, we immediately—if it's not rehab—we do the full rehab. We connect them with our uh, with our title company. Our property management team takes care of everything else, and they literally get direct deposits um, at the on the twentieth or the twenty-first of the month. That's when our rent checks go out, and the property management team takes ten percent a month. That's it, and there's no other fees. And I think when most people are done with the process, like they're sort of trepidatious at first, right, because they're thinking, "I'm." I don't know anything about this. All right, I'm going to put my faith in you. I love, this is my favorite thing, is I love the thank you messages and cards that we get in the office, which I'm sure you get them too, which is, I can't believe how easy you made it for us. Thank you so much. And I'm ready for my second property. Because our goal is lifetime value of a customer. I don't want to just work with you on one property. You know, that doesn't help you. And it doesn't help us. And we want to work with you to hit that freedom number. That's our goal. In in the office, so that's that's kind of the the long and short of it. We try to keep it super simple. I always say there's nothing complicated about real estate investing; just complicated investors.
1: Hundred percent, I completely agree. Amen to that, because a lot of people do that analysis paralysis, and I think you you touched on it before. People who sit on uh, you know online forums just bagging on people. Oh, you know, you did this, this, and that. It's like I don't have time to sit on forums because I'm too busy doing deals, or you're too busy doing deals. People are out right. there, you know, being active in in the real estate uh, game. It, you know, I don't have time like doing my podcast right now. I love doing it because I love giving back, and you do your podcast. But at the end of the day, to carve out any more time between deals and podcasting, I think is there's just not enough hours in the day. But in right. saying that. Analysis paralysis is definitely where I was when I first moved to the United States, and and I cut my teeth on something very similar to the deals you're talking about, um, Clayton, because it was within driving distance to New York. So how do you get someone comfortable enough to say, okay, I've got you, got my freedom number, I like you. And then walking them through to make sure they know they understand enough, because you want to educate them, right? You want them to be an educated investor. You don't just want them to be, oh, I'm blindly going to give you money. So, how do you walk them through about, you know, the types of repairs you're going to do, um, you know, what sort of tenants you're going to be be putting in the property, and 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 the sort of the checklist to go off, and making sure that you're, they're comfortable with the entire process.
0: Sure. So we we try to keep it very very straightforward and a simple system. You know, our property management team we work with. Has an A plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They've been doing it for 20 years. And so what they do is they do all the background checks on our tenants, right? That Mm -hmm. includes criminal background, employment verification. They call up previous landlords to make sure they pay on time. Um, All of those steps, right? So that's locked and loaded. And we have a waiting list for our properties with our tenants. Um, They like the areas that we're located in near some of the charter schools, near the hospitals, and so near the parks. And so we don't have, you know, we don't have a long, as soon as we're done with the rehab we've got a deposit and a tenant moving into the property Um, one of the other things that we like to do is guarantee rent okay wow so because that shows you that hey we're so confident that our properties are going to rent that we're going to guarantee it so let's say we wrap up our rehab on your property which usually takes us about four to six seven weeks depending on the square footage you know we're doing a new roof if it needs it, you know, if, if it's like got still twenty years left on it, we're not going to waste money on that. We'll put on a new roof, mostly, um, new plumbing in the property, new windows. Um, you know, we'll run all new electric. We rip out any PVC pipe or galvanized pipe. We're putting in brand new PEX plumbing in the property. We'll put in a new furnace, new water heater. Our philosophy is when you take care of those main systems, that you've got a rock solid house for fifteen to twenty years. And then you're also putting in, we're putting in you know, cabinets and vanity and flooring and, and paint carpet and drywall. That stuff is, you know, that's the, that's the piddly stuff, right? That's the stuff you can do with three days left after you've done all the, all the behind the scenes, behind the walls, running the wiring, everything else, right? So that takes, you know, four to six weeks roughly on our properties. And then once that's wrapped up, Usually, we have a deposit ready to go and a tenant moving in. Now, if for some reason the tenant wasn't going to move in for another month, we would still, you know, I've taken it. I said, let's let's start guaranteeing rent. You know why? We have such confidence that we know that it's going to be rented that I think that that helps also alleviate some of the concern. We're going to guarantee you rent for a year right out of the gate. Um, And of course, you know, the tenant always moves in. So I've never had to employ that because (laughs) we know. But hey, it's there. It's a nice, hey, my wife is a little uncertain about this. How can you make her feel better about this strategy, or you know this sort of? Well, here's a home warranty on the house of our work, and here's um and here's guaranteed rent. How's that? Um, so those are the types of things, and we sort of walk through, you know, just like like I said on the tenant situation, how we screen for them. You know, it's not 2008 anymore when anyone with a pulse could get a mortgage. So, if you had to rent in 2008, you know, landlords were like, oh, you had five evictions on your record. Great. You know, move in here, you know, and we'll, and uh, I'll take your money. Now we don't rent to anyone with evictions on their record or right. late payments because you just don't have to. We have a high quality, t- you know, tenant in our property that stays for many, many years um, in our properties. You know, I don't like tenant turnovers. So, any way to mitigate that by having them stay for two years, three years, I just had a tenant move out um, after five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, She was moving to another state. Five years, I had a five-year lease on that property, and she was great. That's incredible. That's awesome, mate. Well,
1: Clayton, with all your experience, um, you know, giving, developing, understanding freedom numbers here in the United States, I know you're primed to give me your top five investing tips. You ready to get into it? Absolutely. All right, mate. What's the most successful habit you practice to keep on
0: track towards your goals? Well, I suffer from. A lack of discipline. Don't we all? <laughs> we do. And I, I really am bad about it. But I have built into my daily workflow GTD or the getting things done methodology by mm-hmm. David Allen. Mm-hmm. And I use that built with technology and automation. So what I've done is use GTD. I would encourage anyone to read David Allen's great book. And then I use a software program called OmniFocus so on my Mac and on my iPhone and iPad. And it keeps track of my tasks, my projects. But that's not enough. Um, I also then I believe in something that Rory Vaden teaches, which is about how super achievers find ways to automate tasks that they are constantly repeating on a daily basis or delegate them. So I've built in when I start finding myself repeating things or typing the exact same thing in an email, I find a way to automate that. So for instance, text, text expander, it's a great piece of software, right? So I can literally type in Two little keystrokes and the exact same email that I type a hundred times pops up and shows, you know, the exact same thing that I've typed a hundred times right there, and I don't have to repeat it. So lawyers use this, right? Maybe they have a specific contract that they're typing out all the time. We'll put all of this text into text expander, and then instead of typing the five paragraphs, literally set a shortcut. So X, type the letters X, contract, and the whole contract pops up in the text field. It's a great and it also has statistics inside of Text Expander. So it can show you how much time you've saved by using Text Expander snippets. So when I get a new Mac, it's the first thing I download on my Mac and it's a it's a game changer. So I would say discipline and using GTD every day, sort of farming it and taking care of it to make sure that I'm on task with my projects. Sure thing. And I'm sure this is gonna segue into my next question
1: because I think you might have just mentioned it. Texas expander sound was pretty bloody awesome. Is the most influential tool you use in your real estate business?
0: Well, you know, it's honestly not one particular piece of software. We were using High Rise as a CRM as okay. a follow up. You know, and yep. so we were using Podio. We were using um, High Rise. Other people use Salesforce. Whatever it happens to be, you need a system for follow up. Like I mentioned earlier with Evernote. Right, when I first started doing wholesale investing. The reason I was able to do so well and do like hundreds of thousands of dollars in my first year of wholesaling is because four months later, when I called that person back and followed up with them because I had a system in place, four months earlier, they weren't ready to sell me their house. Four months later, because I followed up with them, I was able to buy their house. So having that follow-up system, whether you're using Highrise or Evernote or something, is so important to make sure that you have that. As part of your uh, inv- you know investing strategy,
1: yeah, definitely that that's sort of the tracking because people get very lost in the day to day and they forget to call back. You know, Joe Blow who expressed some interest, you know, a few months ago, but you they tend to fall off the radar if they're not in front of you, you know, within the last forty eight hours. So love it, absolutely love it, mate. What's the most exciting project you're working on right now?
0: Well kind of two things, but it's all about the business. I, I'm I'm really, I'm looking to really take things to the next level with our team. Um, we just hired some great people in the office. I'm really excited about that. And building then those tools to make their job even better. Um, you know, it's like once you have that scaffolding, it's like, all right, now help now really build the building. And, I, and I've been working on a book on financial freedom. So, that has freed up more time by hiring the right people on the team. Now I'm able to sort of step back a little bit and spend time working on that book, which is great.
1: Awesome stuff, mate. Who is the most influential person in your uh, real estate investing career or just in your career to date?
0: You know, I have to say, it was really one of the first people that I met in the real estate investing world. His name was Robert Scheman. He has uh, since been on my podcast. We had a great discussion. He owns like over 500, you know, single family homes. He's written, I think, seven seven New York Times bestsellers and speaks all over the world. You know, he buys properties on the exact same streets that I do. And just the way that he sees real estate, you know, when he, he says, I drive by houses that are for rent, that are renting. And I say to myself, why shouldn't I own that? Somebody owns it and someone's making money off of it. Why shouldn't I be involved in that project or property or, the, or, or apartment complex? Um, you know, his philosophy on, on borrowing money, right? He's like, if I'm borrowing, people will shy away from like 12, borrowing at 12%. He's like, why? If I'm making 15% return, I'll borrow 12% all day long. So he, he never really, you know, uses his own money. I mean, just his strategies. So he's been a real uh, influence and a great friend.
1: Awesome, awesome stuff. What's the best US deal you've completed to date?
0: Well, it was one that it just took a lot of I think courage and and conviction. It was a wholesale deal in New Jersey and uh, it was my first double closing and I had to do the double closing on a day on a Friday and was hoping to God that it went through on the Monday when the second part of the double closing happened. So that whole weekend I was losing sleep, you know. It was a it was it was in a really affluent neighborhood and I I I and this deal came from the follow-up it was a deal I had made an offer on like three months earlier, but they were too high on their price, and this house needed to be built out and built up. It was like a three bedroom, and in that neighborhood it could have sold for like 900,000 if it was a five bedroom. So I made an offer. They kept the contract, et cetera. They didn't or they kept the offer, they didn't, and they followed up. Then it was like months later, they came back and circled back around again. But because I was persistent, I was the one that ended up getting the deal. I ended up getting it under contract, locked it up, and managed to find a, a rehabber who wanted it on the back end. I, I closed on the property, sold it for my my largest profit to date in wholesaling, <laughs> and uh, sweated that whole weekend. But you know, it. I think there was a lot of things I was proud of in that deal. The fact right. that the follow up, I stuck to my guns. I had the faith and conviction to get see it through, and then and did it. It was a it was kind of a remarkable moment for me. Awesome stuff, mate. Well, you've gone through some incredible
1: information in the last five, you know, five questions. Because I think you touched on some really important things that, as we grow with our business, we all need to be, you know, aware of or be ab- abroad, and that is. Uh, making sure you're delegating tasks that you just don't need to be doing because time is too precious. You can be doing it on, on building the business, employing people, um, delegating to those who can do uh, the more, more mundane tasks, and, and making sure you're following up with with your clients, whether it be an investing client or someone who's trying to sell you a property. Mate, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. It's been really awesome just to recap on the financial, uh, the freedom number, and that is you know sitting down with your with your with your wife or your your partner and having a glass of wine and understanding what are your monthly expenses and then backtracking or back calculating to determine how many properties do you need and uh, uh, Clayton where can they reach their do the do the financial uh, freedom number
0: the easiest way to get it's just so people my name just my first and last name claytonmorris.com/freedom if you go to that link you can download it and uh, we'll send it right to your inbox and you can sit down with your family and work on it awesome stuff mate
1: well look i really do appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your day to chat with us i hope you have an incredible rest of your week and we'll catch up soon
0: Thank you so much. I think you're doing great work. And, and you're, you know, from one broadcaster to another, man, you've, you're, you're doing a fantastic job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, man, I'm learning from the best like yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks, Reed.
1: Thanks a lot. I'll t- talk to you soon, buddy. Well, there you have it, another great episode that I hope inspires you to get up off the couch and take some action and start investing in US real estate. Now, make sure you check out all the notes for a summary of today's conversation with Clayton. And any links we did mention on today's show will be up on my website at rsmpropertygroup.com. Whilst you're there, sign up for my you know newsletter and check out what some of the deals I'm working on. And if you are in the LA area and you like networking with other like-minded real estate entrepreneurs, then make sure you check out the networking event I host in downtown LA. It's called Wine Downtown. Remember, if you are it coming through the LA region and you wanna hit me up and grab a coffee, grab a beer, grab lunch, then just do so. It's easy. Shoot me an email at read at rsnpropertygroup.com. All right, guys, thanks for taking some time out of your day to tune in and continue to grow your real estate investing knowledge. Is That's what we're all about here on this show, helping you start breaking into the US market as an international investor. As I mentioned, we are the number one podcast geared towards helping foreign investors buy US real estate. If you do like this show and you want to give back, jump on iTunes and leave the show a five-star review. It's an awesome way that you can give back to the show and it helps us show iTunes that I'm giving you incredible information and you're valuing that information we're going to do this all again next week guys so take care be safe and remember happy investing